his room. The sound of the tapping of the typewriter keys is like knuckles on wood. And my perspiration falls down upon the keys that are being punched by my trembling fingers. A mosquito circles above my bent head. There are flies buzzing and colliding with the wire screen. Around the naked yellow bulb in the ceiling, a bit of torn paper that is a moth flutters. An ant crawls up the wall. I watch it. The ant, with bitterness. How mistaken we three were. Susan and I. And William Tinsley. Whoever you are, wherever you are, if you hear this, do not ever again crush the ants upon the sidewalk. Do not smash the bumblebee that thunders by your window. Do not annihilate the cricket upon your heart. You see, that's where Tinsley made his colossal error. You remember Tinsley. He must do. He was the man who threw away a million dollars on fly sprays and insecticides and ant killers. I was this man's secretary just after the Second World War. I was with him when he wandered into a web and became lost forever from human eyes beyond midnight. We're speaking about biotechs in this series of programs, and Mrs. E.B. Granger wrote to say that she decided to try our biotechs just to see if it lived up to our claims. And she said, I bought a packet, and lo and behold, it actually did just what the advert said. I'm so proud of the children's white shirts, the hankies, and the underwear that I want to say it will be biotechs for me every washing day from now on. Some of my family's accessories were left with slight stains, but now, thanks to biotechs soaking, they come out white. And the stains do go away, as you say. Now, that is a statement from Mrs. Granger of Heathfield of the Cape. And it bears out what we have been saying to you ladies ever since Biotechs first came on the market. We said to you, it is different to any washing product that you've ever used before. We claim that the stubborn stains will vanish. And people like Mrs. Granger bear out our claims. Remember, Biotechs. never a spot for a fly or a mosquito in Tinsley's office. Tinsley destroyed anything that buzzed or flew. Destroyed it instantly with one stroke of his magnificent fly swatter. I shall never forget that instrument of death. Tinsley carried the swatter to work with him one morning in July 1946. By the week's end, if I happened to be in one of the filing alcoves out of sight when Tinsley arrived, I could always tell of his arrival when I heard the swicking, whistling passage of his fly swatter through the air and the thump as it landed. People, I reckon, have a right to be as eccentric as they please. But Tinsley was ridiculous. <coughs> oh, hello, Steve. Already? Yeah, already. Before we start, uh, do you mind 
cleaning away the corpses. All right, uh, to S.H. Little, Philadelphia, dear Little. We'll invest money in your insect spray. $5,000, stop. $5,000. $5,000. Advise immediate production, sincerely. You think I'm crazy? Uh, is that a P.S. Or are you talking to me? Oh, uh, did you get that check for $1,000 off to the termite control company? <laughs> One thing I like about my office is all iron, cement, solid. Not a chance for termites. Blast it, Steve. Has that been there all the time? Come on, help me find it. What? Why? Quickly, Steve. Systematically, don't just sit there. Hold on. Hold on. Stay out. Stay out. Don't open that door. Don't come in. Come and help me, Steve. Listen, I'm a secretary and a right-hand stooge, not a spotter for high-flying insects. I haven't got eyes in the back of my head. And neither have they. So you know what they do? They? Who are they? Never mind. Forget it. Don't talk about this to anyone. Bill, you should go and see a psychiatrist. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And the psychiatrist will tell his wife, and she tell others, and then they find out. They're everywhere, don't you understand? I don't want to be stopped with my campaign. You mean the 100,000 bucks you've sunk into your insect sprays on ant pastes in the last four weeks? Someone should stop you. You'll break yourself and me and the stockholders. Shut up! You don't understand! How can he understand? How can anybody under... Psychiatrist, but I wouldn't stand a chance unless Tinsley came to see me. I couldn't help him unless he wanted help. I'll come over for you if you insist, though, for old time's sake. But I have the fights left if the patient won't cooperate. You've got to help me, Susan. He'll be stark raving in another month. I think he has delusions of persecution. And besides, I need him. I need my job. It just won't do for the guy. The first date worked out well. We laughed, we danced. We dined at the Brown Derby. Tinsley didn't suspect for a moment that the slender, soft-voiced woman in his arms was a psychiatrist, picking his reactions apart as they waltzed. We drove home that night in a happy mood. I'm having lunch with him. 
were breathing thick and golden and buzzing like a million intricately fine electric machines in the pouring direct light of summer noon. I went to see lawyer Remington, who had been Tinsley's family representative for 30 years, even before Tinsley was born. Poor, poor Tinsley. He was only 17 when it happened. It happened? Uh, what happened? Some uh, accident or something? Tinsley's father took him hunting up in the Lake Arrowhead region in the autumn of his 17th year. Beautiful country. I was hunting not far from there in that self-same afternoon. Fame was plenty. Tinsley's father leaned his gun against a bush to lace his shoes. When a flurry of quail arose, they were frightened and they flew straight at the man and the boy. One of the birds knocked the gun over and it fired off, and the charge hit Tinsley Senior full in the face. No. Oh, that wasn't the least of it. What followed was something indescribable to the boy. He ran five miles for help, leaving his father dead. Young Tinsley made it to the road and back with a doctor and two other men in something like six hours. The sun was just going down when they hurried through the pine forest to where the father lay. The entire body, the arms, the legs, and the shattered contour of the face was clustered over and covered with scuttling, twitching insects. Bugs, ants, flies, insects of every description drawn by the sweet odor of blood. It wasn't possible to see one square inch of the elder Tinsley's body. Oh. Sorry, I... I just, uh... Sorry. Oh, you cut your hand. Glasses aren't made to squeeze that hard, boy. Yeah, I, uh... Well, let me get you something to put in your hand. So, there it is. That's why Kindley has the fear of insects and animals. What, uh, what was his father's profession? Oh, I thought you knew. Why, the elder Tinsley was a very famous naturalist. Very famous indeed. Ironic in a way, isn't it? That he should be killed by the very creatures he studied. Here, hold your hand out. Oh, it's, it's not bleeding too much. Uh, don't worry. Himself, there's no word in their presence. 
Well, he's still alive, isn't he? If they are able and fear his knowledge, wouldn't they have destroyed him long ago? Maybe. Maybe they're playing with him. You know, Susan, it's strange. The elder Tinsley was on the verge of some great discovery when he was killed. It fits a pattern. The next Sunday morning, the three of us went to church. On the back of the bald head of the man in the pew in front of us, a fly crawled. For the first time in my life, I felt a strange interest, a foreboding almost. And I had to resist a temptation to crush the insect there and then on the man's head. That Sunday afternoon, we went for a picnic. Bill Tinsley, Susan, and I. She tried to get him to talk about his fear, but he merely pointed to the column of ants straggling across the tablecloth towards the jam. Shook his head angrily. I felt, however, that he was near breaking point and would confide in us pretty soon if we were only patient. We didn't have to wait long. Two days, in fact. with the detergent-proof formula won't wash off. It's detergent resistance. Rally gives sure wax protection that's deep and long-lasting. And the finish is fast, very fast. Johnson's Rally Car Wax in liquid or paste form. Soak, soak, that's all you have to do. Soak, soak, just for an hour or two. With amazing new Biotex, the stubbornest stains will vanish. Yes, vanish clean away. Just by soaking your laundry overnight in cold water, or for an hour or two in warm water, or by pre-washing it quickly in your washing machine. Get amazing new Biotex today. fears. 
He listened, and then tell what there is to be told to him, or it, or whatever dark force it is that sends them out into the world. Oh, come now. Oh, what are insects for? They're nothing but irritants to us mortals. Well, there's a very simple, although scientific answer. The government of them, of evil, is a small body, perhaps only one. It can't be everywhere at the same time, so it sends the flies, the ants, the bugs. There are so many of them, and there have been for so many years, we pay no heed to them. Familiarity has blinded us to them. No, I don't believe any of Let that. me finish before you judge. Think of it. Billions of insects checking, reporting, correlating, controlling humanity. Oh, come on, Bill. You're getting worse. Was that an accident when you were a kid? You let it feed on your mind. You can't go on. Steve, you won't help with talk like that. Bill, if what you say is true, and these creatures are what you say they are, they must know about you. Why are you still alive? Why? Because I've worked alone. But if there is a, a they or it, evil force, like you say, it, it must have known for a month now. Because Steve and I have talked about you without taking any precautions. Flies, ants, these things could have overheard us. Isn't this proof that you're wrong? Listen. Will you agree to an experiment? What kind of experiment? From now on, all your plans will be above board. In the open. If nothing happens to you in eight weeks, then you'll have to agree that your fears are baseless. But they'll kill me. Listen. Steve and I will stake our lives on this. If you die, we die too. And I value my life greatly. We don't believe in your horrors. And we want to get you out of this. I... I don't know. I, Eight I... weeks, Bill. You can go on manufacturing insecticides for the rest of your life if you want. But don't have a breakdown about it. The very fact of your living must prove they bear you no ill will. They've left you intact. What I'm doing with insecticides is merely the beginning of the campaign. It may take a thousand years, but in the end, we can liberate ourselves. Carry on with your campaign, and for eight weeks, tell everyone about it. And then, if you do die, evidence will be left behind you. The world will know. And if, when the eight weeks are up and you're still at liberty, you'll be free of these fears forever, Bill. But won't that be wonderful? Susan, Steve, I... There, quick, above your head, Steve. Uh, what? Oh, what? What? got the darn thing. I got it. I, I don't know why. You'd stake your lives on this? With me? All right, then. Eight weeks. couldn't 
don't mind hearing a woman scream occasionally, but a man's scream is so strange and is heard so rarely that when it comes, it turns your blood into an arctic torrent. Now, tonight, a week later, 
I'm typing this out for what it's worth here and now in the summer evening with flies buzzing about my room. Now I realize why Bill Tinsley lived so long. While his efforts were directed against insects, birds, and animals who were representatives of the good forces, the evil forces let him go ahead. Tinsley was unaware that he was working for the forces of evil. But when he comprehended that bacteria were the real enemy, then the evil ones demolished him. In my mind, I still remember the picture of the elder Tinsley and his terrible death. Why would the quail, representatives of the good, kill him? The answer to this is clear now. Quail, too, have disease, and disease disrupts their natural setup. This caused them to strike down Tinsley's weapon, killing him. And the ants in columns over the dead man? Perhaps they were bringing solace to him from his maker. The game of chess continues, good against evil, and I am losing. Tonight I sit here writing and waiting, and my skin itches and softens. Susan is on the other side of town, safe from this knowledge which I must set on paper, even if it kills me. Even as I write, the skin of my fingers changes color and loosens. My face is wet and slippery. My tongue tastes bitter and acid. My stomach... There's a ringing in my ears. They're killing me. I'm dying as I write this. Believe me, it's no story I'm telling. No. Flesh of me will slide like a diseased cloak from my skeleton. But I must write on and on until I... Thank you.